Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film 365 Days. You do not have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen in without having seen it, just be aware that we may discuss elements of the plot. Enjoy. Oh, hi. Let's talk about sex, baby. Our names are Rob and Paddy. We're going to talk about poor filmative capitalism. Oh, yeah. With me. Do we have to? Hello. <laughs> we do, unfortunately. <laughs> it is It is what we're about today. Who, can't we talk about something fun, like dogs or, I don't know, chickens, farm animals? I'm afraid we've got to talk about erotic dramas. That's well. Then why are we talking about 365 days? Then oh, <laughs> it's not erotic. And let's <laughs> let, let's go straight into it. I know we normally it is have dramatic. a little bit of a preamble. No, 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 let's dive in. I didn't have anything to talk about. I'm too tired. All I was going <laughs> to say was I'm getting a haircut tomorrow. Oh, that is very good. Yeah, is very good. Are you going to get a haircut like the main guy in 365 days? Yeah, definitely. Massimo. I definitely have a similar Massimo cut. <laughs> A similar face shape. I'm going to walk in and be like, give me the Massimo. And the guy's going to be like, I got you, bro. What you've got to do is practice the most vile sex face in the world. <laughs> and then see if you've got the same kind of face as him. Shall I turn on my camera to show you what that looks like? Yeah, please do. <laughs> that is uncanny. That is very much like <laughs> it's good, good so... for um, an audio <laughs> podcast. That's <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, so, th- so three hundred and sixty-five days is a is a film. Is a film. It is billed as the Polish Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, and um, again, th- that's not a, a good thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, yeah, not not really. They always really tell you in, in marketing and publicity not to say you're the next whatever, but actually 80% of the time that's the only thing that works, right? Yeah, because it immediately makes people think, I knew that thing and I liked it, let's go over there. Let's do that again. Um, so so it is based on a the first part of a trilogy of books. Of a course. Like, <laughs> a lot like Fifty Shades of Grey. I can't wait for 366 days, am I right? <laughs> It's gonna be like um like a hundred and two Dalmatians. That's how it works, right? No, it's it, it's like Glenn Close days. is gonna show up. It's like twenty eight days later <laughs> that it's gonna be twenty eight weeks later. Oh god, three hundred and sixty five um, weeks. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Uh. So. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> While you compose yourself, I'm just gonna go shut the window because my neighbor's dog is barking. Ah, there's a dog that is a real fan of um, <laughs> of, of of this movie and of this series. Um, so, right, okay. Welcome back. I can hear you moving around. You what, mate? You what, mate? Yeah. Um, what shit are you talking about, me? <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's uh, 365 days. It's the first of a trilogy of books by. Um, Blanka Lipinska, who is a Polish cosmetologist and author. 
What, is, uh, what, what is a cosmetologist? Perhaps that's so, outside. Of, that's my ignorance. But it's 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 old man Paddy showing up again here. Is that someone who studies the works of H.P. Lovecraft? Um, <laughs> no, that's oh, no, that, that's a well, yeah, <laughs> a cosmicist is the word. A cosmicist, yeah. No, it's uh, cosmetic treatments, basically. Right. So, okay. uh, a professional to do with hair and skin a bit like hp lovecraft i suppose yeah yeah he was into skin he was very into skin (laughs) and hair and tentacles um so blanka lipinska uh a a beauty expert i suppose and an author um she's also a therapist hypnotist oh okay um she sounds like a fascinating person who I would love to sit down and talk about her life with. Yeah, definitely. Um, because that is just a cool um, series of things that someone can go through in their lives. And she wrote the first of this uh, series, um, which is which is interesting because, again, it is a a female written SNM based um, series. Uh, again, like Fifty Shades, but again, yeah. it brings up all of these issues with, um, you know, uh, the the male gaze and things like that. And so, it's it's really interesting because I think a lot of people go on about, um, you know, um, rape culture with regards to to uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's been very controversial with Three Hundred Sixty Five Days. But of course, it is one of those um, sexual fantasies that's surprisingly common in women. Um, yeah. And and I think Fifty Shades of Grey, it's kind of overplayed that element when people criticised it for being like that because it's it's very tame S and M rather than just for the fact that it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very tame S and M. Then he's a bit of a creep, but then before too long, it devolves into just absolute nonsense melodrama. Yeah, and um, and what you get in three hundred and sixty five days is an absolute rapist of a main male lead. Like this guy is the worst yeah. human being in the world, um, and it's and like how can we take Fifty Shades and make it like much worse? How can we take Fifty Shades <laughs> and make it into what people criticised it for? Um, basically, yeah. but it also manages to cram all of the melodrama of the Fifty Shades trilogy down into one movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is although just it doesn't have a bit where she works in publishing and then she walks past someone at a desk and goes, "Make the font two points bigger." Which is exactly how publishing works. I was disappointed that there was nothing like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, instead you've got vague allusions to, I'm good at the business at the beginning. <laughs> and then it's never mentioned again. Okay, the first, um, the opening scene, or scenes, where it was like flipping between a couple of boardrooms and like some spy business money shit. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Did you? I, I was like, "Who's that? Who's he? What, why are we here now?" He's saying he's he's a hard man. He's good at the business. After okay, after the opening scene in which Massimo's dad got shot, and he ogled a beautiful woman on the beach, and his dad said some sexist shit, and then it looked as if he got shot for saying the sexist shit, which was kind of enjoyable. No, I'm talking about the scenes <laughs> after that, where it was like the kind of double boardroom chat. Is that is that what women find sexy? Like boardroom spy finance angry gangster chat. Yeah, that's exactly what, what people find erotic of, right. of any of any gender. Am um, I out of touch? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the women um, who are wrong. <laughs> All right, Graham Liner. Um so um so uh yeah, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because um ag- again, it's got that kind of 
focus on something that is absolute nonsense in the same way that 50 shades does where you said you know it's all about the publishing industry to begin with um here at least it cuts right through that and the, and those that opening scene does make no sense so weird allusions to her being a very good at business business person um and then immediately her being kidnapped yeah and then but being the dressed up like a sort of shit bond film and then there's the scenes with um with him in at the beginning where he is saying about wanting to get money from people and they're trying to back out of a business deal and clearly he has photos of them all being pedophiles is the <laughs> what's alluded to there yeah. um and and so it's kind of set up and and it's it's an interesting thing that happens in this movie is that time and time again they they sort of show oh yeah he's an aggressive violent rapist but he's not a pedophile and he really hates pedophiles because i think there's three times in this movie where he's like i fucking hate pedophiles yeah just just so you could be sure that's where his line is yeah yeah you know he's not the worst person in this movie because there are literal pedophiles in it yeah but but it's apart from that he is probably the worst person in this movie um so he he saw this woman on a beach the day that his father got shot and then he became obsessed with her had portraits painted of her and then when he sees her again he kidnaps her um drugs her fiance and then gets a woman to rape him so that he can have photos showing that he's unfaithful and then when the woman wakes up, he says, you have three, I'm going to keep you captive for 365 days. And at the end of that, I'll let you go. But by then you're going to fall in love with me. No, he's, doesn't he say you have to fall in love with me? Oh, you have to fall in love with me. It's so like a Beauty and the Beast scenario. Yeah. Um, apart or Beastly. From, apart from the rose is his penis, which he gets out constantly yeah you don't um, see it obviously but you know it's there well well you say that i i think you do see a little bit of shaft now and again you don't see <laughs> you don't see the literal bell end you don't see the full erect schlong you were clearly paying a lot more attention to it than i was uh, you know i look for these things in my erotic dramas i want to see how far they can push it you know do you see a little you know one frame of bull sack you want to play a little game of cock or bull you see a little bit of shaft and i think you do see a little bit of shaft which at least and that's the one thing i'll say about 365 days is this is possibly the worst film we've watched for this podcast yes that is a true statement but at least it is more sexual than 50 shades of gray i don't want to say that it's more sexy because this is one of the least sexy things i've seen in my entire life i don't know what you mean but it is more sexual you know there are more sex scenes they're more graphic what's more Um, sexy than a man who has a weird thing about molesting women on planes (laughs) yeah that scene is horrendous um so if you've not seen this movie i don't know whether i should recommend this just to witness this film because it is awful it is shit but i think there is something about it that you need to actually experience yeah um so i think you probably should still watch it but there's a very awkward horrible scene where um where he gets oral sex off um an air hostess um on his private plane on his private plane obviously which is which is horrible Uh, yeah (laughs) it's, it's genuinely horrible she's 
clearly not enjoying it at the time but then they have that a, a little scene afterwards where she's smiling and it's like oh it's clearly okay she when she clearly, the look on her face when he goes up to her is clearly no that was yes, actually that yeah. was actually probably the worst instance of it in the film i thought yes yeah even outside um, of all the obvious like kidnapping and stuff which is horrible that yeah. that scene for me was it was 10 minutes in and I'm like okay yep yeah, this is this is how it goes we're supposed to root for this guy yeah, and it's really horrible that scene. I think it's very, very, uh, very, very nasty um, and gratuitous in a way that you know this is a movie all about being gratuitous. It's what it's there for, but it feels above and beyond what's required of something like this, um, and feels quite you know incredibly aggressive. Um, which is funny because you know it, it is this scene that's supposed to be this consensual act between two people, where eventually it does devolve into kidnapping. Yeah, and there's that very horrible scene later on where he ties her to a bed, and then another woman comes in and gives him another blowjob. He loves he loves a blowjob, does this man? He does, yeah. Um, and and making the the worst sex face in the world in the world whilst getting a blowjob. Yeah. Um, He's got an awful face. He has a really bad sex face. He's <clears throat> to be handsome... fair to him, as an actor, he's trying, right? He's a handsome man, old, yeah. um, old Michele Moroni. He's um, like the Italian Aidan Turner. Yeah, exactly. He's got, he's got, it's like if you, if you mixed Aidan Turner and Carl Urban and made him Italian, <laughs> is, is what he Why not? Is. Um, which, you know. Not I, I'm, Keith Urban. I'm not Keith Urban. I'm here for him. However, I would not go on a date with him because, yeah, he's he's he's, he's not as handsome in bed as he is in just walking around looking surly. No. Um, and he so, is a very surly man throughout the film. His, his whole presence is just, hi, I'm angry and surly and you will fall in love with me. Yeah, you're going to fall in love with me because I'm handsome and I'm rich. Um and and that's where you know there's all sorts of horrible scenes in this movie um but eventually they go oh yeah you know what i do love you because you're hot and and I'm you saved my life in a not at all contrived setup for me <laughs> falling into the sea so yeah, that he could exactly. dive in and save me yeah exactly so um eventually that she's like yeah okay I, I i do love you now let's let's have sex and and from then on there's lots of sex scenes again well, the most all... of them taking place on a yacht yeah i mean because just hasn't... in case you didn't know he's rich he's got I mean, a fuckload of money <laughs> who hasn't dreamed of having sex on a yacht when i was watching those scenes i was thinking oh god they're gonna get su- such bad sunburn yeah like, they're literally there out in the sun the mediterranean sun um and uh yeah they're they're gonna get sunburn in places where you shouldn't get sunburn because it's gonna be very hard to sit down um <laughs> but yeah uh so they do fall in love and then they have lots of sex still which is fine at that point and like it's one sex scene and then suddenly it's just another one in a different place on the yacht because why not and to be fair, that's why. Just so you, you can would... see how fucking massive his yacht is. <laughs> Look at my. He's. It's one of those yachts that has a tiny yacht inside it. That's what it is. <laughs> like Thunderbirds. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love it if at that point it just turned into Thunderbirds. And after they'd had sex, he was like, right, come with me. And then they get into the bottom of the yacht, and this little, like, green submarine thing comes out, and he's like, here's where I do my proper mafia business under the sea. <laughs> that's um, the film that I would have made. I want, yeah, I want an erotic Bond villain properly instead of this half-hearted attempt. Yeah, he is like a crap Bond villain, isn't he? Yeah, come to my volcano lair and let's let's cause some real hot magma. 
<laughs> Not as bad as the the eco bastard in Quantum of Solace, obviously. <laughs> the eco bastard. I can't even remember what his name was, but that's that's what it was. He was like eco, an eco villain. Eco bastard, I think, was his name. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I didn't pronounce it properly. My bad. <laughs> when are they releasing that new Bond film? By the way, all the posters were up for it when I was going to work in March, and then. Yeah, well, it's, it. it's been delayed because of COVID, so I'm not sure if it's releasing this year anymore. Um, might be next year instead. Um, Maybe I'll give them time to do a new song with Billie Eilish where she's covering Van Halen for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. Um, so, Sign my petition. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so, that, so they have some consensual sex, and again, it's more sexy, well, more sexual than... Um, than, than Fifty Shades of Grey, which is, you know... It is a bit like. more believable, isn't it? Yeah, the sex seems more real, and there's less... There's there's less teenage soap opera nonsense. This is this is adult soap opera nonsense, I think, is the best way to describe it. Um, there's there's less, less of them having to kind of gasp at every single whip or chain he pulls out. And yeah, him he's... looking at the camera going like, going, you know, it's just like, it's like they get on, they get on with the fucking when the fucking happens. They're, they're both busy business people. Yeah. They don't have time to mess around with all of that drama. They just want to have some sex. Um, yeah. And then she blows up in a car. I guess. Is that yeah. what's supposed to happen <laughs> at the end? So so the end of this movie, there's clearly some plot against her life or against his life or something. And it's implied that she gets blown up in a car. For which there is zero precedent. Literally, no, no. nothing, nothing leading up to that whatsoever, apart there, from that, <laughs> that that will create the tragic end to the film. There is no ticking cock under the table in this movie, um, unfortunately. You, um, you stayed up late thinking of that one, didn't you? Uh, uh, that was literally a, a spare of the moment thing. I went in fully half cocked on that one. Um, so, um, so, so, yeah. So she, um, so she gets blown up in a car, and the, and and. I assume that she doesn't actually get blown up in a car because there's three of these books. Yeah. They're already making another movie. I so looked I at assume... the um, Wikipedia page to find out what they're called. Um, so the second one is called... Hang on. It's called... It's called This Day or something. This like Day. And then the third one is called Another 365 Days. <laughs> so it is really the 366th day. And then it's another year after that yeah so, for sure um so, so yeah that's that's it's amazing it's amazing i'm really looking forward to him um <laughs> so i wonder what's going to happen do you reckon he's going to go on you know he's going to go and try and um uh gonna try and catch up with these people and be like you blew up my my future wife yeah no, it's no, it's gonna be that she's not dead and she's been captured by the other mafia boys who are even richer than him and then she's gonna have sex with some of them instead. And maybe so, one of them's gonna be like, You have a day to fall in love with me and then it happens and then the other guy comes up and there's a big shootout. So it's gonna be the wolf boys <clears throat> from Twilight Two, basically. Yeah, it's it's a Twilight situation. She's between two warring factions. So Massimo, they're the vampires. The other mafiosos who you haven't even seen, they're the wolf boys. Yeah, it's Twilight, basically. <laughs> Everything comes back to Twilight. If we've learned anything about sex and films, it all comes back to Twilight. <laughs> all roads lead to Rome and Twilight. All roads lead to Robert um, Pattinson breaking the bed. 
while he finally has sex with Kristen Stewart. <laughs> so, see what I think happens. What I think happens in the second book is it turns out that her friend, because remember her friend was visiting her, she's in the car that gets blown up, right? But she isn't in there, and then there is that one day where she's being chased by the mafia, but then Massimo comes along and is like, you what, mate? I'm the fucking mafia rapist around here, not any of you. <laughs> yeah. And then fucks Put your up. dick away. Yeah. And then and then fucks them up. And they, they yeah, they, they get out. And then they have a romantic getaway and they have some more sex. And then I don't know what happens in the third one. <laughs> Another 365 one? days. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting one, isn't it? Is where do you go after that? Well, um, you have to do what Fifty Shades did and invent some kind of stupid, like, family backward drama to do with being in a foster home, and about how even though Massimo is extremely and hilariously rich, he actually grew up poor or something. But we know he didn't grow up poor because his dad is in the mafia and was rich. Yeah, or like he's adopted or something. Mm, I need to find out what happens. I need. I need to find out what happens in these. Yeah, it's um, not easy books. to find, is it? Because I'm they very... haven't been translated into English? No, no. Um, so I'm very intrigued um, to find out what happens. But, you know, it, it, it's clearly been influenced by Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, Blanka Lipinska has said outright that it was an influence, um, which, you know, own that. <laughs> no surprises <laughs> there. Well, well, yes, yeah. If, if that's what you're going to do, then this is how you do it. Right. Yeah, just just own own that shit. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be influenced by something like Fifty Shades, there's no point in going. Oh no, this was fought up in a dream. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah, it's great that she's. I just had a dream that. that I met a horrible man on a plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just you know, it could be that could be a personal experience there. Just a man uh, with an ass that's a very weird shape. I wish I had his weird shaped ass. It's sort of like weirdly round. His butt cheeks. Did you not think? You want to, I, I wasn't paying that much attention to his butt cheeks. Actually, I was too busy looking oh, you, for a bit you're of looking for the cock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I, he's a very well put together, very well chiselled man. Um, they're two. They're two attractive people. But that doesn't excuse the abhorrent things that he does. But they're both very attractive people. Um, whereas her fiance, who was, might I remind you, date raped, um, is a hilarious fella and one of yeah the he few, tells jokes. One of the few sort of light-hearted moments in this movie is when he's on screen, which happens for about five minutes in total, where he turns up as a shit boyfriend, and then is clearly a, a bro. <clears throat> yes, uh, and. And then, um, you know, we do get a little bit of cucking in this movie, I suppose, which mm-hmm. we always are a fan of in this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Can't can't beat a bit of cuck. And uh, this this movie delivers. T- 20 out of 20 on the cuck scale. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is not the cuck cast. This no, is we haven't. Thinking about how good these movies are. We haven't rated all the other films we've watched on that scale, have we? So maybe we need to go back and do that so we can compare it. Yeah, we will we'll start up a cuck spin-off, I think. Cocktails. <laughs> Cocktails. This will be when we launch our Patreon, that'll be the one that you have to pay for. <laughs> yeah, if you if, if you sign up if you become one of our patrons then you get access to Cucktails. Our, um, our, 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 our sister <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um so so yeah, so it's it's a bit 
it's a bit odd this film because again it falls into the same trappings of having that very performative rich capitalist nonsense as well where a lot of what's supposed to be appealing about massimo and his life is that he's super rich and he's got this big house and he wears fancy suits and he takes her to get gelato in rome yeah and And walks in on her while she's trying on lingerie yeah and all of that stuff and there's multiple shopping scenes in this movie where he's like let's go buy you clothes and then she goes let's go buy some clothes or her friend goes i want to go buy some clothes you can buy some clothes with me yeah um let's go and get our hair done yeah and that happens an awful lot so again it it does fall that's because they're just filling the time because you get about 40 minutes in or maybe it's what you get about not even an hour in and it's got to the point where they have fucked so it's like well what manufactured drama can we have now to fill the rest of the 40 minutes to get to the runtime of a film let's go to the shops and get our hair done (laughs) and that's then rush a thing where someone's gonna kill her like three minutes before the end and and that's the thing, isn't it, where <coughs> it doesn't really know where to go after they get together. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think there's other ways in which this could, this could go, you know. Well, we've um, already discussed the Thunderbirds option. <laughs> the Thunderbirds option? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, um, you know, one of those Robert Ludlum books that was unfinished that was written by someone else after he died. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. <laughs> the Thunderbird option. Did you not know? Well, there's loads of like books. I don't know if it's a thing that like Robert Ludlum, you know, he wrote The Bourne Identity and all that. Um, either he had loads of unfinished books or there's a bunch of books that are written in the universe that are like under his name, but by other people after he died. And they've all got weird titles like that, like The Infinite Configuration and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Um, oh, I had you down as a Robert Ludlum guy. No, um, I've watched the Bourne movies. That's about as. Is far it, as but I've he been. does like hard sci-fi as well. Oh, really? He does spaceship. I see. Well, I've not read any of it. Um, yeah, I I like some spaceship, but it's got to be interesting spaceship. I'm like a Kurt Vonnegut guy. Like um, Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. I like I like my sci-fi to be weird or nonsense fantasy. I'm not too keen on hard sci-fi. Um, I suppose with the exception of the Expanse books. Oh um, yeah, which are which are very very good. But again, that's almost kind of political and social as opposed to it being about big stuff happening in space. Um, but there's no space in 365 days. No, there is not. I think I might actually be thinking of someone other than Robert Ludlum. It'll, <laughs> it'll come to me. It's someone okay. like that. One of one of. But them. the name the name thing still stands because I'm looking at Robert Ludlum's filmography, and it's uh, here you go: the Holcroft Covenant, the Osterman Weekend, the Chancellor Manuscript, and then you have got all the Bourne ones as well. The, the Osterman Weekend almost sounds like it could be a the subtitle to the 365 days, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> all of these all sound like stupid things that people say in in Parliament about um about Brexit. You know, like remember the Malt House Compromise? Oh my! It's gosh. like that. Yeah. Who remembers oh. the Malt House Compromise now? All, all the Malt House Compromise did was make me want to have a delicious chocolate milkshake. Yeah, or drink one of those weird malt drinks that are oh, disgusting I that you see in drink. in corner shops. Yeah, the the fizzy malt drinks that nobody Super buys. Malt. 
super malt yeah we're... absolutely vile <laughs> why would anyone drink that it's beautiful it's one of the best drinks in the world and i genuinely um, like a bit of a multi flavor but that's on another level it's basically just the inside of a malteser made fizzy and liquid <laughs> yeah but made into like a really strong essence of that yes yeah exactly exactly that's what's great about it that's why you drink it you know if if you ever wanted like concentrated 1000 maltesers <laughs> in a single <laughs> bottle shot up your nose <laughs> that's what super malt is get down your local corner shop yeah and wear um, a mask while you do it motherfucker. <laughs> yeah do it do that um and uh but there's no super malt in 365 days but what you no, do no that's have, that's for poor people but what you do have is um is lots of lots of rich stuff happening there's one one scene where they have sex for the first time or maybe when she teases that oh maybe i will have sex with you is when she gets up and goes for a shower and it's clear that like the shower room is the other side of some glass doors from their bed yeah which is really um i don't like that i wouldn't want that no no it's it's there's an ensuite bathroom but that's like (laughs) can't you just have a wall it's a it's a bit weird isn't it and it's a bit inconvenient and if you want to have a massive shower you can fuck in that's great i'm down with that <laughs> but like it doesn't need to have that glass thing yeah it's like when you're in a weird hotel and they've tried to pack it all in too close together but i wonder is there an a easy toilet? hotel is there a toilet in there can some can you stare at your lover dead in the eye through glass walls whilst you're taking a piss or do they have a or do they have an ensuite as well that also has a shower in it in which case what's the point of having the the showers here unless it's specifically just so you can have sex in them that's the and, oh, um, that's the sex shower yeah, yeah. you've got the cleaning yeah. shower and you've got the sex shower yeah she um, didn't know she was in the sex shower no she thought she was just going for a shower but actually it was a sex shower it just lube comes out instead of instead of water <laughs> um, yeah there's a lot of lube. No, it's all marital aids in the sex shower. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and then he walks in and he's like, "Why are you looking at it? Do you want to touch it?" And like, oh, Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> but You're I like disgusting. I like the focus on the penis, but she was looking at his penis. <laughs> well, yeah, um, y- you I, would, I, wouldn't you? I, I like that there is this focus on the penis in this movie um because <laughs> i'm gonna put that quote on the, on the poster <laughs> yeah I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't. I like that there was the focus on the penis yeah 365 days pr to <clears throat> get in touch we've got some wonderful yeah. quotes for you um we do but a lot of the time with these movies that are supposed to be these sexually charged movies there's very little focus on the sex not enough very porn. very tame um, whereas whereas here, I do think in this it builds towards the fuck on the yacht in an okay way, doesn't it? Like the teasing element of that, I think, just about works. That might be the only thing that actually works in the film. Yeah, it slowly builds to them having consensual sex. Yeah. Um, Even though earlier on he's like, "I won't, I won't do anything without your consent," and then he's like throwing her around and flinging her around, <laughs> immediately and he's walking like, into grab- the shower with his penis out and stuff. <laughs> yeah, immediately he's doing things that would get. a a comedian cancelled from the from the stand-up comedy mm-hmm. scene only for them to try and make a return in two years hoping that everyone forgot about it um you know who i'm talking about i do when i'm talking do. about this um but he had, his, he had his own show where he played himself yeah he did but yes. that could be any comedian am i right any comedian um take that know. seinfeld 
<laughs> yeah. I like you very much. Walking around with your cock out. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah. That was yes. my favourite Seinfeld episode. The, the, yeah, the one where they just got their, their bits Yes. Is a penis. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but you know, uh, the, and there is a lot of issues with consent in this movie in a way that's far far worse than Fifty Shades of Grey is, um, where he's grabbing her by the throat constantly, throwing her around constantly, literally trapping her in a big mansion. And you already um, know it's against her will because he's kidnapped her. Yeah, he is. So it's almost like because kidnapping is an extreme thing that happens in the context of kind of, you know, action thriller type films, it's like that makes all the rest of it okay when it obviously doesn't. Yeah, he is a he's a proper villain. He's a proper creepy villain who's been stalking this woman and is obsessed with her. How it's, did he get a portrait done of her when he only saw her through binoculars? He hired lots and lots and lots of artists. And what you don't see is that one floor of the house is just full of botched paintings where he's like, no, her eyes are not that shape. <laughs> he eventually got it right. Yeah, eventually. And there's a thousand dead bodies of portrait artists in his attic. <laughs> yeah, eventually, eventually someone got it right. So that would have been a great scene where she goes into a room and there's like a version of her, kind of like a, a taxidermy version. You know, like that lion that was made by someone who'd never seen a lion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like yeah. that. It's just like a horrible version of her. Um, yeah, but this is Rebecca. In a in another life, this movie is a horrible <laughs> cockshaft filled version of Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, Dick Becker. It's called. Alfred Hitchcock. Never lived up to his name, did he? So no, this film exactly. had to come along and do it for him. Yeah, if you if you ever want if you ever read Rebecca or or watch the adaptation, I've seen the film, film, which was very good. Oh, it is very good. Um, Did we talk it, about it? No, we should do. I think maybe no. we should do a double bill when the the new Rebecca comes out. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. We'll did we that. do my cousin Rachel? Or no. did we just watch it? We've, also, no. we've had this conversation. Recently. I think. I think. I think <laughs> losing yeah. my mind. Um, I just I saw it and was creeped out by it, but it was good. It's got um, good people in it. Yeah, unlike three hundred and sixty-five days. <laughs> yeah, they are not good. Yeah. I think within the context of it being so awful, they are trying, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And also it's two people speak like acting in a not their not their native language. Yes. Uh dealing with a very bad script. Yeah. So <laughs> um, in that context, I'm not gonna shit on their performances. And they're handsome and they have sex and the sex looks genuine. Um so And is that do people want more than that from a trashy Netflix film? No, I don't think they do. Probably not. Um, and that, I think, is the reason that it's become a sort of weirdly popular film, even though it's obviously rubbish and problematic. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I think I think there's two ways to go around discussing the sort of problematic elements of this movie, is that, you know, this is a, this is a fantasy of a lot of people, um, even though those who don't have that fantasy don't understand it and are creeped out by it. But I think there has to be that kind of definition between what's 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 sort of right and what's not if you know what i mean where don't kink shame anybody but maybe don't promote horribly creepy men yeah um, you know? and like romanticize that yes yeah yeah so so and and 
I think I I do hope that this series doesn't go down the route of making it into an actual romance. I think if it was just about the sex and and just keeping it as trashy as it is, it's probably okay. But I if it does go down the route of of Fifty Shades, where it tries to turn it into this love for the ages thing, I think that's where those kind of issues become more of a problem. No amount of Eurovision entries that sound like they're aping Ellie Goulding's song from Fifty Shades of Grey can save that kind of plot, can it? <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Um, Although I did kind of vaguely enjoy the Europop soundtrack. I loved the pop soundtrack to this movie. It was great. It was all, it was all like overly emotional singing and overly emotional lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it's all like it's it's basically like the Europop version of the songs from the room, isn't it? Yeah, like, uh, stand in a way of a bullet. <laughs> all of that stuff you are my rose you are my rose yeah it was like that if that was released now with some beats by billy eilish yeah filth filthy sleaze pop versions of the rose uh of the rose the room the rose it should have been called the rose the rose it should have yeah i'm gonna make a film called the rose can i play your evil best friend yeah of course are you are you gonna kidnap someone yeah i'm gonna kidnap um, I like how you immediately assumed that I would be playing myself as the main character. <laughs> well, it's, it's all we've got to do, haven't you? Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's going to be my Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. The penis episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a trend. You know, like it's like release the butthole cut. It's like release the penis episode. <laughs> it's like that. That's exactly what we should do. Um yeah, so, so I think, yeah, there, there are some problematic elements of this movie. You know, it is very, very sexual assault-y, um, particularly those early moments. Um, but more than that, I think the psychological manipulation and the, um, the, the physical violence have perhaps been underplayed by people like yeah. the fact the fact that he's very he, physically violent with her yeah and the fact that he tricks her into thinking that her fiance was unfaithful as well shows a kind of calculated quality that i think undermines what's supposed to be sexy about this you know this um this guy who you know he he acts on the moment with passion and sometimes it's rough um that that shows a kind of a, a, a plotting which I think undermines how sexy he's meant to be for the people that are into this sort of thing. Yeah, you're supposed to see him as this big romantic guy because he saw this woman once and then got portraits made of her and that actually like cap- kidnapping her is a romantic gesture and that all of the violence and stuff is fine because it's within that context when actually that's a really horrible thing that's at the core of this film. It's it, As Gordon Ramsay would say, it's rotten. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah that that whole calculated element of it i think is really unsavory and something that's not really been focused on by a lot of the critiques of this film well that's because it's easier to focus on his buttocks yeah it's oh he's got his cock out yeah he's <laughs> he's in his massive shower <laughs> yeah exactly um as opposed to oh yeah he's he's come up with this plot to kidnap this woman and then undermine her relationship so he can force her to fall in love with him yeah it's he's he's not good um and i hope that the mafia kills him in the sequels yeah <laughs> he dies in maybe that's that's got to be how it, end, it ends it's got to have that tragic end hasn't it and i wonder I, I wonder about how how you could make this where it could still fulfill that kind of fantasy 
um that that certain women have um whilst also not being problematic and i think the only way that you could really do that is by introducing another character who's like another romantic interest um so maybe like one of his right hand men feels feels sorry for her and tries to get her out or something the butler guy yeah what's his name giuseppe 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 the butler i love that guy um he was there to help her yeah he was very nice about it yeah and 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 so i think maybe if they introduced why didn't she just run off with him he seemed like a nice guy and, and, and he yeah, was also hot because everyone in these films is hot, but not as hot as Massimo, who is super hot. True, um, it is. You are either super out. hot or you're nothing. Exactly. There's no super hotness is a is a binary. You either got it or you haven't. Um, and unfortunately, nobody else has it in this movie. Um, but but yeah, I think maybe they could do something like that, where there's that there's that um, that that physical bdsm element that's there for people to get their hearts racing but then there's also then that romantic focus and maybe he's also into the kinky sex yeah you know, what about if it's be- best of both worlds and yeah maybe he's I, re- I reckon he's got it all yeah and so i think maybe that's a way that you could have done this without it being as you know dodgy as it is i suppose i think the only way you could have done it without it being problematic was for it to be like a genuine beauty and the beast situation where he's got some kind of massive reason that he has to kidnap her and do that where it's because he was cursed by an old mafia curse or something <laughs> <You turn laughs> that's the a... film that i would have made <laughs> if you don't make this woman fall in love with you in 365 this specific days, woman <laughs> then you turn into a calzone yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, or, or maybe it's something. Maybe it could tie into the business dealings at the beginning, where like I've got to kidnap you and hold you here because otherwise this we won't get this contract or some nonsense like that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be to do with all the the spy boardroom finance, good at business business stuff boardroom business going on at the beginning of the film. I thought it was going to be something to do with that that would provide a context for the kidnapping. But no, it's just because he's such a passionate, romantic guy. Yeah, it's because he's a weird creep who saw this woman on the beach when his dad got shot and got PTSD because of it and then decided to kidnap her. That's it, it, It's mind-boggling. Oh, it's, it, of course. Of... It's all fine because it happened when his dad got shot, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's right. why. Um, but it, it's mind-boggling that that is the... the 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 starting point that of of this story is something as horrible as that which is i fancied you on the beach now i'm gonna kidnap you x years later and you you're gonna fall in love with me it's horrible 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 there needs to be another reason as to why he kidnaps her or there needs to be another sympathetic character that sweeps in and you know sorts it out but yeah that those are the only ways that this isn't uh but even those would be a long shot, wouldn't they? I mean, ultimately, this should not exist. And this has been written as, <laughs> you know, a, and it, as you say, a kind of aspirational capitalist fetishization of money and wealth and power being concentrated in male hands, and it stinks. Yeah, but at the same time, if it's if this is what gets someone's rocks off, I'm not going to kink shame them for that. No, I, I don't object to that on principle. Um, but... But if you're I do looking think at, this should not have been made. <laughs> if you're looking, because you could have made something better. If you're looking at this as an aspirational thing, that's a big no-no. If you're looking at it because it gets you wanting to fuck, then 
that's that's more fine. power to you. That, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That that's the separation here, isn't it? Is if you're watching this because you like seeing a tiny little bit of Shaft on Netflix, <laughs> this is the place to go. If if you're watching this and thinking, "Oh, I wish I had a big yacht that I could get sunburn on my balls <laughs> on," then. <laughs> <laughs> then, then no don't watch this um, yeah there are you know yacht catalogues right <laughs> yeah exactly go and look at some yacht catalogues and don't kidnap women um, you know what would get me off was like seeing an old Italian guy who's been starved of love being turned into a calzone by a mafia curse <laughs> Netflix get in touch <laughs> Yeah, if, if you're, you're listening, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make movies based on specific, it's called Beauty and the Feast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> get your meatballs out. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, wait. So if he is it that he's been turned into a calzone, and he has to, he can only turn back if someone falls in love with him as the calzone. <laughs> No, it's like a fly situation where he's slowly turning into a calzone. Right, right. So he looks down one day. So he wakes day. up one day and there's like cheese pouring out of his armpit. Yeah, he, he yeah, blows yeah. his nose and it's mozzarella that comes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he looks down at his penis one day and it's turned into a chorizo sausage. <laughs> um, those those kind of His things. eyes turn into meatballs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. This is um, quickly becoming a sort of weird <laughs> Italian food themed body horror. Yeah. Well, that's where it's going to go. And then, but also then there's BDSM. Where he's like, pound me like dough, Fabio. It's gay now, by the way. It's LGBT (laughs) friendly. Um, Good. Yeah, because we need that representation. More inclusive. We need need LGBT friendly food-based horror porn on Netflix. (laughs) He wants Fabio to grind his beef. (laughs) Untapped market. Right there. Um, Gordon Ramsay is going to love it. Or roughly cut my basil, Fabio, etc. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is that might be the most bizarre film idea we've had yet, and I'm I love to see it. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a market for that. If there's a market for 365 days, there's definitely a market for Beauty and the Feast. Yeah, there's a market for anything on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. But on a serious uh, note, what I what I hope is that this will inspire more um, Polish language or not, broadly non-English language films that are popular, based on popular books that haven't been translated into English to get made. Because there are not enough instances of that and there's probably a lot of great stuff out there and stuff that is probably better than this. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, in terms of um, Eastern European... Uh, literature the video game world has had a lot more success than um than than movies or or tv or things like that so obviously you've got the witcher um which now has its own television show um you've got roadside picnic which was made into stalker um but then also made into a video game called stalker which which brought it to popularity outside of niche film circles um and, uh, and the Witcher also, books were translated so I they were, my, they my were, old job yes. I worked for the publisher of those and they were selling mad quantities yes. at the beginning of this year yeah and and a lot of but a lot of what really sprung it into popular success is because of the video games did you just fart did I just fart yeah no 
I just heard like a creaking sound. Sorry, carry on. It might we'll be see my... if that shows up on the recording. It might be the bed. Uh, I, I, just to warn you, my 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 bones are turning into spaghetti as we speak because of the. Okay. Because of the it was it was like it was like that. <laughs> no, I did not. Sorry, um, carry on with if you can remember your train of thought. I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, The Witcher. So, so The Witcher really got brought to to popular success because of the video game adaptations um you know before that they were these you know relatively unknown fantasy books Um, yeah but but particularly the witcher 3 which came out i think about four or five years ago now um really brought it all into this huge light a hugely successful video game um that then you know eventually led to you know this this tv series all of the books getting um getting repackaged with now a tv series on them and stuff like that. yeah yeah um so um so yeah so you know there's there's been a lot of success out there as well um i'm trying to yeah. think of the there, it, just, it makes me other... wonder what we're missing is, is what i yeah what i think because not there must be a lot of books that don't quite that sell well in their home country but don't quite look as if they would play in translation so they don't get translated into English and don't get made into films when actually they probably would make really good films. Yeah, and and, and another example of that is um, Metro 2033, um, which is a Russian um, post-apocalyptic horror um, book that again got turned into a video game. And I think they're planning to make a movie of it as well, although I'm not sure how... Um, how far along that's got, but they're hoping to make a, a movie adaptation. So there's 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 lots of there's lots of that going on, and I think it is maybe somewhere where where film and television could realise that it's untapped and, and get more out of it. Um, so yeah, and and, and you it, know you, you hope that this also inspires people to explore more of the foreign language stuff on Netflix as well, because there is a lot of great stuff out there as it is. Yeah, there is. There's some really good stuff out there. Um, this is not a good example of it. But... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> But if you like this, God, there's some good stuff for you to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I've got some trivia for you. Is there anything else you'd like to say about The only other thing I want to say is the cinematography was awful as well. There are so many bad cuts. Did you find that? Suddenly it cuts to some other scene. You're like, what, what the fuck's going on? What's going on there? What, why is these people? I think that kind of carried on throughout the whole film. It yeah, may have I've... just been that the script didn't really carry it, but I felt like there were a lot of weird cuts. Yeah, I think those transitions between scenes were very awkward. I think the actual in-scene cinematography was fine. Um, you know, the sex scenes are much, much better than than Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, for instance. Um, yeah. And might I stress... I like the angles in the shower scene. You see a little bit of pain yeah. in this movie, if you're paying close attention, which is great. So, um, you know, it has redeeming features on yeah. that front. Um, but yeah, you're right. The transitions between scenes were very strange. It didn't flow very well at all. Yeah, that was the only other thing I wrote down. Um, so, right, let's let's move on to this. So, uh, the the um, the blowjob on the plane scene. Um, the author of the books, Blanka Lipinska, said that she offered to perform the scene herself <laughs> um, because she said that only she could show what the scene was truly about. But the production company declined. <laughs> Oh, doesn't she appear in it somewhere? But she does. She has a cameo as the bride when they're there looking at the wedding. Um, Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, So so I think that's great. Yeah. 
And she's um, young. She's only like a couple of years older than us. So yeah, well done to her for having this massive best-selling trilogy. And hopefully she'll go on to make some more some more work that's popular. Yeah, make some more sexy books, please. We, the world needs more sexy books. Um, uh, so <laughs> lead actor uh, uh, Michele Moroni denied claims he had reeled sex with leading lady Anna Maria Saluca. Uh, for the film's highly explicit sex scenes. He said, it seems real because we are good actors. We know how to fake it. No, it wasn't real. <laughs> um, good to which, know. Which is interesting because it does look very, very real. And I did think, hmm, this is pretty good. I wonder if they actually had sex. Yeah. Um, but he w- had nearly given up on his career as an actor. Um, huh, so he had nearly given up. He was divorced, broke, and severely <coughs> depressed as working as a gardener. Wow. Um, but then he got the chance to be in this and um you know now we now he's a sexy italian man in an erotic movie which has been seen by an awful lot of people so kudos well good for him and i i hope you know he goes on to bigger and better things from here yes yeah um if you're wondering what the polish press thought of this movie they criticized it for its anti-feminist message its execution and its misogyny uh, in line Fair enough. With how it's been <laughs> nothing can't deny any of that. In line with how it's been uh, seen everywhere else as well. Um, uh, however, it has been compared favorably to Fifty Shades of Grey, with our lead actor again saying that Fifty Shades was too clean and not rough or passionate enough. Um, which I agree with. This movie, yeah, he's has, got a point. Yeah, I think this is this is exactly what Fifty Shades needed to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Where's your massive shower, Christian Grey? Yeah, he's supposed to be this billionaire. Where's his big sex shower? Where's his Thunderbirds yacht? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that'll do for trivia. So how are we going to rank this bad boy? Oh, God. Um, how, how many... <laughs> Sorry, go on. How many portraits of your lost love do you have hanging up in your house? Yeah, <laughs> there's a, a ravaged portrait of her in the attic. <laughs> yeah, Dorian Gray, apart from with penis. Yeah, the picture of Italian Christian Gray. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they should have called it. It is. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. I've got three portraits Ooh, hanging up. I've Not got, many. I've got two only for the sex scenes. The rest of this movie is abhorrent. But it does, yeah. It does the sex good, and yeah, so, I'd I'd say the same. The, I give it the extra point for the the shape of his buttocks and for the <laughs> and for the pop music soundtrack, which is nice. Yeah, the the soundtrack's nice. It's got some good sex in it, but it has a horrible message. It's not particularly well executed. It's more erotic than Fifty Shades. So if you do want to just get your rocks off, this is a better option. Yeah, um, but there's also porn. <laughs> yeah exactly but if you if if you're if you're in the mood where you're like mm, i don't feel like watching porn but i don't want to watch something that's not porn that's a category on netflix isn't it <laughs> not quite porn yeah yeah <laughs> um, you're, going, you, you're going through all the categories going what do i want to watch uh, strong female lead witty comedies Friendship groups, 80s classics. Oh, not quite porn. That sounds like my category. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So so if you're after not quite porn, then this is where you go. All right. But I do want to say, 
you know, good luck to the writer. I think the fact that she's making a success out of this stuff is great. Um, maybe do it the other way around next time and have a creepy woman kidnapping a man. Just yeah. For, just to I'd like mix to it up that. a bit. Mix it up a bit that way. Yeah. And then have him turn into a calzone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do that. Do that. Yeah. Right, so what have we got next? Well, we're we're sticking with Netflix because this one keeps coming up every time I open it, which is this Eurovision film with Will Ferrell in it. Oh, What's it called? Nice. Eurovision, the story, story of, Fire, of the Saga. Fire Saga. Yeah, great name, great name, and it's got all the official Eurovision branding. So I don't know anything about it other than that it keeps popping up. But I have to assume that Eurovision were okay with it. So I'm very, very up for that because I love Eurovision. And I'm very sad that there wasn't a live Eurovision Song Contest this year. Yes, and it does it's have... It's usually Piers, a highlight of my year. And it does have Piers Brosnan in it, which is always Oh, good. does it? Yes. Even better. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. I've not watched it yet, and I'm <coughs> very intrigued. So, uh, yeah, looking Brilliant. forward to this. So, thank you, Netflix, for continuing to bring us good content. Yeah. And bad content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring us the good and the bad. Uh, for all 365 days of the year. And then another 365 days, if you please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot for listening. We really, really appreciate it and hope you're all staying safe and sane and healthy and wearing your masks. Um, you know, keep keep it cool, you know? Be a, be a good person. Don't be an idiot. Put a mask on and think of other people, you selfish fucks. <laughs> That's what I was saying, but in much more direct terms <laughs> i've got no time to tiptoe around it wear a fucking mask you idiots yeah you know slipknot have some guidance on that if you want yeah people which you can hear about on our other masks show equals great <laughs> yeah exactly which you can hear about on our other show pod Durst, where we talk about new metal we've had a couple of guest episodes recently and we've got another one coming up that's in the cans so Look out for that as well. And if you um, if you like what we do here and you want to support us, there is a link in the show notes to our ACAR supporter link, um, our ACAR supporter page, where you can give us money if you want to. Any amount of money, no sign-ups or patronage or anything like that, just if you feel like it, if you like what we do, you can throw us a couple of quid there. And thank yeah. you to everyone that's been doing that, because it's very nice. Yeah, if you want us to go ahead and make <coughs> our incredible erotic movies with Netflix, then you need to give us money to do so. Yeah, we also need your money to finance Beauty and the Feast, which actually sounds <laughs> yeah. like a, a sequel to Sensations, doesn't it? Oh, maybe it could be a, a sequel yeah. to Sensations. Theory. And if you don't know what Sensations is, you need to go all the way back to episode one. <laughs> you do, you do. Get on board yeah. with it. Or a, the Sensations Supercut, which I think was episode 10. Anyway, it's out there. I'm not going to explain what it is. <laughs> no, you just need to, you just need to, you know, check it out for yourselves. Yeah, You won't spoil sure. the surprise. <laughs> no, and you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. Yeah, Get in touch. What do you think of three hundred and sixty-five days? Would you like yeah. to be kidnapped by someone who has a portrait of you? I bet you wouldn't. It's not a very <laughs> nice thing to happen. No, it definitely is not. All right, and we'll be back next week to talk about Eurovision: The Story of Fire Saga. Alrighty, bye bye. Bye.